Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. He's got you on the shelf for a reason. Usually, it's because we've got to be emptied of ourself and filled up with more of him. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm telling you, it's time to run. Give me a high five. It's time yeah. to run. It's time to run. You've been holding on. You've, you, you were dragging your ball and chain. Your ball and chain has come off. It's time to run. I promise. It's time to run. You've, you've been liberated shall we say. The Lord is healed. How are you doing? You've been liberated. Yeah, so run. Mark chapter 1. We're doing a series on holy fire and my notes we'll get to at some point. I want to talk about the unusualness of God. Everybody say unusual. unusual. Turn to the person sitting next to you and say, you look a little unusual. <laughs> it's okay. He's all called us. He's called us all a peculiar people. His own special people. <laughs> Some of you are more specialer than others, if you know what I mean. <laughs> In Mark chapter 1 and verse 4, says this about John the Baptist. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Everybody say baptism, baptism. of repentance. repentance and the remission, and the remission. Of, sin. of sin. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed, talk about unusual, with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. Now, you, you ain't got no worries. This preacher ain't come to church dressed like that. <laughs> I'm not going to roll up in a Rolls Royce probably, but I ain't going to be wearing camel's hair. Although, if anybody has a Rolls Royce, just never mind. <laughs> Our church number is 330762. 
And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. Verse 8, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I want to take a look at this passage of Scripture as it relates to revival and awakening of God, a supernatural, sovereign move of God in our generation. You have to understand the time frame here that Mark was, or I'm sorry, John the Baptist was ministering in, Mark was writing about, but, but I, I, you have to understand there's been 400 years of silence. God has not spoken. There's not been a prophetic word. There's not been a prophet. There's not been a preacher. They have done religion as normal. They've gone about doing their religious duty after religious duty, the sacrifice, the sacrifice, bring the lamb in, kill the lamb, bring the dove in, kill the dove, offer the sacrifice, sprinkle the blood, offer the sacrifice. And that's been uh, day after day after day for 400 years. That's all they've known, generation after generation after generation. There's been, there's been no word. God's not spoken. And then all of a sudden, This man, by the name of John the Baptist, as we know him, shows up on the scene. And he begins to preach in the Jordan River Valley this message. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. There's one that's coming after me. He's on his way. He's on his way. There's one. Does this message sound familiar to anybody? There is one who's coming. Jesus Christ is coming soon. He's coming back. The the trumpet sound of the return of Christ is soon upon us. Does this message sound familiar to anybody tonight? There's one coming after me who's mightier than I. He, (laughs) he, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He will save the sins. He will save the people from the sins that they have committed. He will redeem mankind back to God and he will baptize them with the Holy Spirit and fire. John the Baptist, by the way, Jesus said, was the greatest prophet of all time. That's quite a, a claim. Why did Jesus say that about John the Baptist? Because he had, Jesus said, this revelation of Jesus' ministry that he was the Savior of the world, that he was the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is still doing it today. <laughs> His ministry still continues today. His ministry is not diminished, and he is still coming back very soon. It's interesting that God would begin to place his hand supernaturally on this man, John the Baptist. He was quite an unusual character. Hadn't cut his hair, camel skin, all that went along with John the Baptist. He uses unusual people to accomplish his purpose in the earth. You might look at yourself tonight and say, we are the most unusual church or the unusual, I'm the most unusual person. God wants to do what in the Great Lakes through me? He can use little old me. I'm telling you that God can take the mistakes and the issues of your life and begin to use them in the most unusual way. 
If you'll just begin to yield like John the Baptist did. He, you know, John the Baptist didn't ask for this. He got chosen by God in his mama's belly before, before he was ever born, before we ever knew about John the Baptist. God chose him. Matter of fact, when Jesus, when, when Mary came in Elizabeth's room, if you remember that story, baby John the Baptist was leaping as he received the Holy Spirit in his mama's belly. He didn't choose it. God chose him and said, I've empowered you. I've anointed you for such a task as this. And I would say to you tonight that God has chosen you like he chose Jeremiah and said, Jeremiah, I have placed my words in your mouth. May they be like a fire shut up in your bones. Don't look at their faces, Jeremiah. Don't look at them. Well, Lord, I'm only a youth. I'm a nobody. Don't look at their faces. See, I have set you before the nations. You will root up. You will tear down. I have placed you as a prophet to the nations. And I say to you tonight, the Lord has placed his hand on your life. He has chosen you as a prophet, as a spokesperson for God to the nations, to those who are around you. Look around you, celebration. There are nations coming to this city. There are nations coming to this region. Lift up your voice. God's bringing them to your back door. Awakening is upon us. And God uses unusual people. And he uses the most unusual message. Repent and be baptized. This was not the message they were used to. They were used to coming and offering their sacrifices. They were used to going into the temple and bringing their lambs and offering sacrifice. They didn't know this message of repent and be baptized. This was a new message. They were familiar with the coming of a Messiah, but, but they weren't familiar. Baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire? What are you talking about? This was all new to them. It was an unusual message. And I will say this, we are living in a day and an age where the gospel message is unusual. People don't understand it. They reject it. They don't have ears to hear it. It used to be that you could go anywhere in the country and talk about Jesus and people would know the know at least a little bit about the gospel message. Now we live, we live in a post-Christian society. We live in a post-Christian generation that tries tries to annihilate, take out, X out, anything, Christianity. There is an absolute attack against Christianity, if you hadn't noticed. Turn on your TV. Turn on the political news. Turn on all of the, all of the things that are happening in America around us. There is an absolute 100% all-out war against Christianity. And when that happens, friend, when we, when we see that happen in our country, we know that the sovereign move of God is on its way. But he uses unusual people who are proclaiming an unusual message. You aren't afraid to stand up and say that Jesus... Jesus Christ is still the only way to heaven, that he still saves, he still heals, he still baptizes in the Holy Ghost, and he's still coming back. It's an unusual message, but I'm not afraid to proclaim it. I'm not afraid. I've experienced it. You're too late to tell me it's not real. And the worst thing that the enemy does not want to happen the world does not want to happen is to see a church set ablaze by the fire of God. It's the worst thing ever. Because all of a sudden they have, you have Christians who are looking in the face of death and saying, kill me. 
What does it matter? I'm going to be with Jesus anyway. Why? Because there's a fire in their belly that won't go out. They've received this heavenly baptism of Holy Ghost and fire. And they can't keep their mouth shut with the message that God has placed in their bones. And they've got to stand up. And they can't keep it in. And they begin to declare and preach the goodness of God, the mercies of God, the redemption of heaven, the glories and the wonders of the mystery, this mysterious gospel that we believe. I'm not afraid. There's a fire. I, you know, I, I sat across today from a man. We were doing a TV taping for our church, promoting our church in Night of Hope. It was a Christian television station here locally. It's an international, it's a national, international TV station, but I was at the local thing. And we start talking, and he, he starts telling me, why is this so important to you? What, what does it do for you to reach out through Night of Hope and to see revival in this Great Lakes region? What's the point? And I looked at him and I thought for a moment, and, I, and just for a split second, I pictured myself sitting at the marriage supper with the Lord and all of his saints. And I just saw myself in that split moment when he said that, I saw myself sitting there and I thought, and it was a quick second because I had to respond. That we're, you know, filming. It was a quick, quick response. But I saw that just that quick, I saw this happen in front of me. And I said, you know, I don't want to get to the marriage supper of the Lamb and sit down across the table from a little girl who was martyred, who gave her life for the gospel who was tortured and beaten, gave her life for the gospel. And I sit down at that table and she looks at me and said, what'd you do with the gospel? And I have to sit there and say, I got nothing. I'm sorry. I went to church. Went to church. I got touched by the Lord. Hallelujah. But what did you do with the power that he gave you? It's an unusual message. Coming from unusual people. But I don't want to keep my mouth shut. I don't want to have to sit across from that table and say, I got nothing. And I surely don't want to have to look at Jesus and say, um, I've tasted of something real. John the Baptist tasted of something real that was to come. Unusual message from an unusual person. And it was in a very unusual place. It was in the Jordan Valley. For people to come out of Jerusalem to go down into the Jordan Valley, it's a little bit of a journey. It's not the place you would normally go. Matter of fact, if you were a religious person, you would find yourself going to the temple in Jerusalem to hear the word, to hear teaching, not to the river. Remember, Jordan was a muddy river. It was a messy. It's not some place you're going to go hang out and let your feet sink down into the mud. It wasn't, you know, it's not the kind of place that everybody's going to go and listen to a preacher. But that's where the preacher was. And the Bible says in John that even the religious leaders came out to hear John the Baptist preach. <laughs> he didn't have very kind words for them. <laughs> but they came out to hear him nonetheless. Something was happening. There was a stirring at the Jordan River. There was a stirring going on down in that riverbed. 
There was a stirring that was happening in an unusual place. Is Akron, Ohio in an unusual place? Absolutely. Are the, are the great, is the Great Lakes region an unusual place for God to sovereignly move and supernaturally move up? Absolutely. It's an unusual place. But God is placing his hand on this region for such a time as this. He's placing his, his hand on this community and on this church for such a time as this. It might be an unusual people with an unusual message in a very unusual place, but that tells me God's up to something. That equals supernatural move of God. It's not man originated. I didn't come to Akron with a plan drawn up saying this is how we're going to have revival. You want to know the secret? Here's the secret. Lord, here we are. Have your way. That's the secret. The secret is learning to step in to what God is doing. I can't make God move, but I can surely learn how to yield and hear his voice when he does. I can step out of the way like John the Baptist when he has a revelation of God and the, and the glory of God. And I'm crying, here comes Jesus. Oh, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let me just step out of the way. <laughs> My job's done. Jesus is here. That's what John the Baptist did. My job's done. Jesus has just showed up on the scene. Jesus took a step further, of course, we know, and said, um, you, it's, you need to baptize me. <laughs> Unusual. Unusual ministry. Unusual people. An unusual place. Don't think the Lord could never use you because of your past. It's because of your past and what he's doing in your present that he's going to do something supernatural in your future. You missed an opportunity to shout. <laughs> he's not looking for the religious qualified. If he was looking for the religious qualified crowd, he would have shown up in the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus actually had to go and deal with the religious demons and the religious crowd and the religious temple. He had to run them off. And they were after him. They wanted to kill him. Religious people never like the truth. <laughs> it so amazes me. When, when you start, when the presence of God shows up in a place, it never fails. Every religi religious dog starts barking. Every religious dog starts barking when Jesus shows up. Every, every demon in the place starts barking when Jesus shows up. Every sickness comes out of the woodwork when Jesus steps into the scene. Why is that? Because the presence of God exposes the darkness. The light of God has stepped into the room and darkness gets exposed. Don't run from it, friend. You're here tonight and God's exposing darkness in your life. And, and, and darkness doesn't necessarily mean sin. 
It could be a weight. It could be something that the Lord, an attitude or whatever the Lord's trying to do in your life. Don't run from the light. Embrace what God's doing. Embrace his presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Embrace his presence. Don't run from the presence of the Lord when he shows up in the dark nooks and crannies of your life. It's so funny when God starts moving in a church. I'm telling you, this is, this is happening and will continue to happen. We're beginning to see it now. It will continue. But when, when the light shines in, the presence of God comes in. Just a moment, we're going to pray for people. I'm going to pray for everyone here who wants prayer. We're going to lay hands on every, every person here. And the fire of God's going to touch you. I, I sense, I, I, it's stirring. I can sense the fire stirring in my belly right now. There's, a, there's such a sense of what, what's getting ready to happen. But I had to say that because I'm, I'm going to explode if I don't. Um, but there's always people. When God shows up, they're going to say, well, I don't like what the pastor's preaching. I can't, I can't, I can't hide my face behind the pew enough. He's stepping on my toes. The Holy Ghost is up in my grill. Good. You need a grill remodel. <laughs> you need your whole thing straightened out, you ugly thing. You, you look like you've been, somebody's taken a bite out of your fruit and spit you back out. <laughs> let the Holy Ghost in. Let the Holy Spirit in. Let the presence of God in and let him change up the mess that's you're in. Let him, don't run from it. Don't run from it. When the Lord starts poking on the hidden areas of your life and exposing the attitudes, don't run from it. Say, Lord, Light the fire again. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember the Hebrew children? Light the fire, Lord. Notice Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace. What did Pharaoh say? I see four walking around in there. But what happened to the men on the outside? There's protection in the fire. Get in the fire. Get in the refiner's fire. Let the fuller soap be applied. Don't run from the fire. Don't, don't run from the light of God shining in on you. Get in. Press in. Uh, Jen was singing it earlier. Lean in to the wind and let him blow. Told someone earlier today. Why don't you, uh, Brandon, you can go ahead and take this told someone earlier today when it comes to the river of God the river you know the river flows the river has a natural course it's flowing God's moving he's flowing our job is to get in the flow and get our oars out let's go Jesus <laughs> let's ride this thing let your oars out stop trying to go against the flow it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to lay hands, as I said, on everything that breathes in here tonight. 
including the little roaches scurrying out under the pews. I'm just joking. <laughs> Forget, we're not in New Orleans. That doesn't make any sense here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's going to set some of you free tonight from spirit of fear. Fear has held you captive. Fear has held you captive. Fear of what others think about you has held you captive. When the fire of God gets all up in your belly, fear. Listen, a man who humbles himself and fears the Lord fears no man. When you get on fire for the Lord and you begin to understand the fear of the Lord, it doesn't matter what man says. I, I am the shyest person around. I, I am not a people person. I know those that don't know me will laugh, that, but I am shy. I am a shy person. And I hate confrontation. I am not a car. I hate confrontation. But when it comes to leading the people of God and pastoring, I know God, and I know his voice, and I know when he speaks to me. I don't say that arrogantly. I'm his sheep. I know his voice, and I know when he speaks to me, and I know his word. And so I have no problem standing before the people of God and saying, thus says the Lord, and we're, that's the direction we're going to go, whether you like it or you don't. There's the door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. We're going to go the way the Lord said go. I have no problem doing that. Why? Because I know his voice. I know his presence. I'm not afraid of man standing before man, giving an account before God. Not man. So let the fire of God get all over and all up in you tonight. Let it be a fire. So your, your, your fire has become a spark, and the fire needs to get back up to full flame. One last story, and I'll, we're, we'll wrap up. I mean, we're going to lay hands on people. And by the way, we don't need any singers or musicians for this altar call. Uh, that's fine. Maybe light in the background. You can put essence on lightly in the background if you have it. Um, the Lord on Sunday... And this, and I don't know if you caught this, but Sunday morning service had a very distinct atmosphere. Uh, there was a there was a new. We were in a new place in God from point go. I walked out to service and I thought, I'm in a new church, but this is not a new church. There's something different in here this morning. And it continued through the service. I mean, those that were here. I mean, somebody told me this week that I started preaching about twelve. 1203. <laughs> I was like, I thought it was 10 o'clock. I had no clue. And then people lingering at the end of service last week for almost, almost an hour, 30, 45 minutes, almost an hour. You know God's moving <laughs> when people stay on a Wednesday night that long. Something supernatural is happening. Step in. Why don't you stand to your feet? Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. 
For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.